Welcome in to the Breathing Orange Fire podcast, episode number 32. I'm Andrew. I'm joined by my friend Gabe. This is the American League Championship Series preview episode. Gabe, the 2023 ALCS preview. It is the seventh consecutive American League Championship Series in which the Astros are a participant. This is the first time they will be facing the Texas Rangers. How are you feeling today about this series? We are, what, about uh, 36 hours until we 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 uh, throw the first pitch? I think 48. Isn't it Sunday night? Isn't it a Sunday night game? 7 o'clock? Yeah, but I'm Central. thinking that, that our listeners probably won't be listening to this until Saturday morning. Um, oh, Okay, so so there you go. Well, well, if you've downloaded it, if you've downloaded it, you don't have to wait for us to click on uh, click on it. Then uh, mm-hmm. maybe you're listening uh, before then a little bit. I just wanted to shout out, hey, AC and Austin, love you, buddy. Uh, and this podcast is going to keep doing what it's doing. And um, I hope your podcast on suck on these nuts goes really, really poorly for you. <laughs> Um, that was, uh, th- that's all I have to say about that. I think some people that listen will, uh, will understand and appreciate the reference. The rest of you don't even worry about it. there. You, you guys might not believe this, but there are some people out there that don't like Andrew or myself. I'm just lumping Andrew in with me. This is kind of like a shots fired. It's probably just me. They don't like, I don't know if anyone has a problem with Andrew. Uh, I, I bet some people do. Um, I tend to bitch a lot, Gabe. I don't know if you've noticed that over the last six months. But um, anyway, we, we don't need to get into who does or doesn't like us. You know, uh, everyone can like us or not. That's t- that's totally fine. Um, I don't I don't that's know right. AC Austin. I don't know who that is, but I, you know, maybe one day, maybe one day you'll come around on the Breathing Orange Fire podcast. There are there are some people, Andrew, that do not appreciate rationalism and logic in their fandom. I yes, I I find that easy to believe, and I find that to be true also. Uh, you know, and that's fair, I guess. I mean, you know, everyone always says, you know, fan is rooted in fanatic or fanaticism and that doesn't necessarily correlate to rational thought or logic all the time but you know when we say things like i don't i don't think this really needs to be stated but for the record when we say things like you know the manager does bad things that that fly in the face of logic and there should be repercussions for that that does not mean that we do not want the astros to win we very much do um, it just means that we, um, you know, see things a little bit differently, you know, based on something objective that, uh, that we would point to. So anyway, I, I, again, I think, I think our listeners probably mostly understand that, that we are not rooting against the Astros because we have said, you know, negative things about them here and there throughout the season. We've also said lots of positive things and we've both also said, Gabe, that j- let's get into the postseason, and at that point, everything resets, and the Astros are as well positioned as anybody to go all the way once that starts. And I think so far, that's what we're seeing, isn't it? 
Absolutely. And, you know, before we move on from this, I know you want to move on. I, I, I've got a couple thoughts. I've got a couple yeah. big picture thoughts. These are not specific call outs or anything like that. I just thought it'd be funny to start out with a call out. There's got to be at least 30 people that will appreciate and understand that reference and think it's kind of funny. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, the, I want to talk about the duality of man here and, and, you know, more so for me than for you. Okay. Maybe right because you you are always logical and rational. I am a fanatic, right? As you can attest, and you, you can are. tell the people when he I is. text back and forth. I I texted him yesterday. I said, you know, I'm so happy to be in the ALCS, and you know, the seven in a row is just a wonderful, amazing phenomenon. And I said, and you know, we don't have the Dodgers. The Dodgers are out. The Braves are out. The Yankees are out. The Red Sox are out. I said, you know, if we happen to, like, I'm okay with things however they sit. And then my next text, 30 seconds later, was like, until we lose, then I'll be mad and I'll hate whoever beats us for the rest of my life, <laughs> right? And this is absolutely 100% yeah. true. I feel both ways, all in one. Like, I will have an irrational, blinding hatred of any player or team that's responsible for knocking the Astros out if we don't, you know, pour champagne at the end, and I will carry that around for my life. But, 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 I will also try to be rational and logical about why it happened and what happened. And, you know, sometimes, honestly, we, we spend a lot of time constructing a narrative to explain what are essentially random events that happen. Okay, and I, I want to talk about this as it relates to game four. The Astros won three to two. A lot of people said, oh, the Twins really screwed up by going to the bullpen, right? Did you hear that? Did you hear that sort of yeah. thing? Like, how can you pull your starter after two innings? Two innings, yeah. Because they gave up three runs. When you give up three runs during the year, you win the vast, vast majority of your games. Right. They set down 14 Astros in a row at one point in time. And then we got one hit, and then they set down six more in a row. Okay. I, I mean, we had 20 of our last 21 guys sh shut down by the twins. We, we didn't have any, we didn't have any hope of scoring in that game after the, after Abreu hit the home run. Right. Correct. Um, they played a good game. They had a good run prevention system in place. The twins, they executed it. Well, both teams hit two home runs, Andrew. What was the difference in the game? What if Pena would not have made – that's exactly right, sequencing. <laughs> what if Pena would not have made that spectacular double play? Yep. That's a two-run home run for them and the Twins score three. What if Jordan, who went one for four, gets his hit in the first inning instead of the fourth inning? We lose that game three to two, and we're back here gripping over a game five. Guys, there was no fundamental difference in the two teams yesterday or the day before in, in the Twins game, like it, there was a little bit of sequencing difference. Yep. That was it. We pitched great. They pitched great. We hit two home runs. They hit two home runs. Ours happened to be after a guy got a single up the middle, and theirs happened to be after the guy that got a double in the gap got, got deleted based upon a great double play. Is, am I happy we made that double play? Of course I am. Was it preordained? that we were going to win that game or that the twins did the wrong thing or that or we, that we outplayed them, you know, thoroughly in some way. Right. Or, you know, everyone talked about how great an idea it was to have Arkady going. 
you know, five and two thirds. I'm happier Heaty went five and two thirds. He should have gone five and two thirds. Yep. But what if we would have pulled him out after the fifth inning? We would have only given up one run, maybe. Or maybe Maton comes in and gives up three runs, right? I mean, yep. the only thing that's certain is death taxes and Abreu with the scoreless inning. But at some point in time, <laughs> you know, Abreu might even give up a run, right? And and yeah. that doesn't mean Abreu sucks or he choked. or I mean, my goodness, look at Presley. Like, he's had four or five really bad outings this year where he blew saves and gave up three or four runs at a time. The guy's also got like 13 saves in a row in the postseason. I don't think he's given up a run in the postseason in two years, right? If yeah. that changes in game one, it doesn't make Presley a choker. It doesn't mean we shouldn't have gone to Presley. It doesn't mean it was a bad idea. None of that's true. It just means he got beat that day. Right. That's it. That's all it means. That's right. And and again, this and, is and then we construct yeah. and then we construct a narrative afterwards because everyone's talking about Maldonado being the the pitch calling savant, right? Mm-hmm. If that game would have gone the other way, and they would have hit the two run home run instead of us, we come back to Houston down two two, and people would have been like, Maldonado has fourteen plate appearances and he's accounted for thirteen outs, right? He's got two hits in a walk and hit into a double play. Yep. How can you send out a guy that's responsible for making an out 94% of the time? Yeah. This is not good enough, right? But because because the, it was flipped, it was, oh, my gosh, Dusty's a genius and Maldonado is, is a pitch-calling savant. And it ignores the fact that over the course of 5,000 innings, Maldonado has caught 5,000 innings for the Astros. And his ERA, his catcher's ERA is not any better than whoever we've had as a backup catcher over that same time period. 5,000 innings is a big, 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 big sample in baseball. Right? That's right. That's right. A, a postseason what, series yeah. is not. And this is this is illustrative. And maybe I should have picked a different example because we use that as a, as a punching bag all the time. But, guys, Dusty did not become a better manager and Maldonado did not become a better player because we happen to win this series. Right? I mean, he's still – you make your decisions, and you and you know what? He's he's stuck with his guns, and there is at least a certainty that pitchers know what they're getting that might have some value that we can't quantify. But but none of this is preordained, and none of it is is guaranteed to be um, to to work out the way it it does. Yes, that, nothing's really changed. There is luck involved. We're not saying that the only reason they won the series is because of luck. You know, luck is is not um, directional, right? Like it it it'll be with you one day, not the next. This is why we on this podcast talk about you know some of the more advanced metrics that kind of strip away um, narrative to a degree, right? I mean, we we just said the difference in game four was sequencing, right? As to when the home runs were hit by the two teams. Um, I'm not saying that's a hundred percent chance, but the bulk of it is chance, right? <laughs> right. It, whether the bases are empty or the bases are uh, have have people on them when the home runs are hit. But anyway, with, trust me, y'all. Gabe is a fanatic as much as anybody else. When when we yes, we would prefer to see um, Diaz starting at catcher. It doesn't mean we're rooting against Maldi when he's up to the plate. Quite the contrary. We want the Astros to win. Again, don't think this needs to be said. But anyway. I I, I don't need to leave narrative yet. We got to talk about our conversation from yesterday. 
Do you I want mean, to tell this? Do you want to tell the story on me? Is this your Did Eminem just, story? It is indeed. Gabe was texting me yesterday evening and uh, was telling me about this song by Eminem called <laughs> "Lose Yourself." <laughs> and this is, I think, the first time Gabe's ever heard this song, and which is remarkable because I am not. Nobody would describe me as being very, you know, kind of current with uh, within the context of pop culture. But um, this song has been around and and kind of pretty famous, I'd, I'd say, for 20 years, at least. 2000, uh, 2005, I found out. But oh, here's, okay. how I, Almost here's how I discovered here's how I discovered to lose yourself, Andrew. Mm-hmm. I was at the gym on Thursday and I was mm-hmm. like, I, I, I'm on my baseball high still. Mm-hmm. And I was working out, so I put punched in Amazon. I punched in baseball songs, and I just hit play on a playlist, right? Mm-hmm. And song one was center field. You know, put me in, coach. I'm yeah. ready to play. John Fogarty. Uh, John Fogarty, that's right. And then yeah. Sweet Caroline, you know, mm-hmm. the Red Sox. And then We Will Rock You, you know, and stuff like that. And then they played this song, Lose Yourself by Eminem. And I, I, I do not listen to rap. I've heard of Eminem. I know sure. he's from Eight Mile. I I was in Detroit two weeks ago. That's right. Yeah. And I drove by Eight Mile, and I was nice. like, "Ooh, Eight Mile. That's where Eminem's from." But I, yeah. I, I listen to, I listen to what I listen to, and it's not rap. Okay, uh-huh. sure, it, it's not rap. So, I, you know, I'm listening to the song, and it's the first time I've ever heard it, and I've ever like listened to the words. Okay, it's a and good song. It, it, I, it is. It I'm is. not a big. I'm not a big rapper, hip hop guy, but I do like that song. It is a very, very good song. I thought, and I listened to that song probably 30 times during the day because, <laughs> hey, it's new to me, right? It, it, like, hey, take yourself back to 2005. If you listen to that kind of stuff, you were probably listening to that song all the time, right? If you like hip hop, that was the that was the biggest thing going, right? Sure. Um, you know, so so I'm listening to to this song and. And I got the lyrics in my mind because I've, you know, we we deconstructed it, right? He's talking you, about yes. yourself. This is your big opportunity. It only comes once, right? Opportunity only knocks once. And this is my lead-in and how it's how it's topical. The Astros, <laughs> Andrew. This is the seventh freaking time. Yeah, opportunities knock for the Astros. Mike Trout, the greatest player, inarguably of our generation has one playoff experience. That's what that's what yeah. Eminem's talking about, right? Like lose yourself in this moment. You know, this is you you've only got one opportunity to make it. And we think about that in sports all the time. We think yeah. about that in life all, all the time. Andrew and I had a long text exchange back and forth about like how many opportunities do you really have in life? And you know, one of the things he said was sports. He said, "Hey, like think about D Young." 2000 by 2005 you yeah. know the 2006 rose bowl he became you know he embraced that he he loved it and he became a legend for all time i mean i named my dog vince vincey after her right or after him vincey's a female that's why it became vincey you know he 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 took his one opportunity and and he lived that moment to its fullest and its most complete sure and he made it his own and he became a legend Jose Altuve has played an eight division series for the Astros, and he's won seven of them. I mean, there are so many great players in the history of Major League Baseball that got zero opportunities, or they got that one opportunity. Yeah, and that's all they had. 
Andrew, we are the odds-on favorite to go back to the ALCS next year in 2024. And I think we're probably pretty good favorite for 2025. Jose Altuve might be looking at a decade of opportunities to win the American League pennant. Yeah. That's, think about that. That's right. In your face, Eminem, you're wrong. Well, but but, but he's not wrong either. That's what we that's what we that's what we landed on, right? Like, I mean, I I think it's from the from the standpoint of you you don't know if uh, if and when another opportunity will present itself, right? So it, first of all, we we talked about it being a hype song, and then Gabe Wax philosophical, um, you know about uh, about the about the lyrics. Uh, believe it or not, I think I came through with like maybe a less literal interpretation of, <laughs> of what the man was trying to sing about. Um, and then I, you know, I said, I, I think maybe you should watch the film, the eight mile film. Uh, you might, it might give more context around that. But Gabe, can we talk about the ALCS? Can we? That is why I talk about the ALCS. <laughs> it's a preview for the ALCS. You would think that it was very – and we talked last week about how we played eight different teams during the eight div- different divisional series. Andrew, they all had one shot at it. Okay. They only played us once. They only played us once. And we cut off all their heads and left them bleeding in the dirt, right? Have you seen that no. meme of the Grim, Grim Reaper at the door with all yep. the fan bases? And now the Rangers fans are chanting, we want Houston. And you know what, mofos? you're going to get Houston and you're not going to like it. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I, I so think now we're talking about the ALCS, Andrew. We are, we are. And, I'm, mm-hmm. and, but I want to go back to Eminem for a second and reverse. Yes. Point taken on Altuve. He, he has had more than one shot. Right. But like, think about it from a Rangers perspective. Doesn't that's the song right. make that's, more that's sense? My point. Yes, <laughs> no. it does. Like, that's my point of putting the This is their context. shot. Like, this is their shot. And people listen to that song and it resonates with them. Yeah. And they say, man, I got to make the most of this because I got one shot at it. I got one shot at glory. Vince Young grabbed that glory and he's he's a legend for all time. Mike Trout, as it turned out, had one shot and he went one for 13 or whatever and they got broomed out in three games and he's never been back. That is most of the world has that one shot. Yeah. And this is the Rangers one shot. Well, maybe they sucked for a long time and they're going to suck again. You know that they're relying on a bunch of old dudes. Their pitching staff sucks in three or four years. They might have a farm system and they might be in the, in the Orioles position right now, but I'm just waiting for Valdi's arm to fall off. Scherzer ain't coming back, and uh, he's not coming back and being dominating. Um, DeGrom's out for an, at least another year. Um, this is it, man. They, they've got a bunch of guys having career years, and they've got a 35-year-old second baseman that's playing like an all-star. They, I, I mean, I don't know if this is their one shot, but I can guarantee you this. The Houston Astros will be much, much better than the Southern Oklahoma Rangers in the year 2024, in the year of our Lord 2024. And I would also posit that it's extremely likely that the Houston Astros will be much better than the Rangers in 2025 if we uh, extend Bregman and Altuve, like I believe we will. This is their one shot, man. They should be listening to this on loop over and over and over because you know what? Jose Altuve has been there, done that, 
and got the T-shirt. And I literally love Jose Altuve. Is that fan enough for you? We'll give you a Ric Flair. That is Gabe going full-on fanatic. Let's let's pull back a little bit, Gabe. We have plenty of off-season time to talk about 2024. Uh, and we have two we have two off seasons and another entire season to talk about 2025. So we'll get we'll get there. I don't necessarily agree that the Rangers are going to fall off some kind of cliff, but again, that is not material until the off season. What I want to talk about is the series that starts on Sunday, best of seven, ALCS, Fangraphs. Uh, are you a full Fangraphs convert yet? No, not at all. They still are besmirching my guy, Yainer Diaz. You know what Fangraphs provided, though, today is two sets of uh, projections and uh, odds of winning the series based on uh, one scenario in which neither Max Scherzer nor John Gray comes back to pitch in the series and another yeah. scenario in which they both do. Um. So in the event that they do not have Scherzer nor Gray, Fangraphs gives the Astros a 60% chance of winning this series. Um, that drops to 56% if Texas does have the services of Scherzer and Gray in this series. And it it makes some sense when you think it through. Um, what have we talked about most of this season, Gabe, that we have perceived to be the Texas Rangers uh, kind of weak spot or um um uh, soft spot on their team uh their bullpen which sucks but i've got a i've got a bone to pick with fan with their 60 percent and 54 percent okay i think without gray and scherzer they might have a 60 percent chance of getting their ass kicked i think if they come back it's more like a 72 percent chance of us smacking them around you think the odds of the astros winning the series increases if the rangers are without scherzer and gray what happened when they bought brought evaldi back without any rehab sent without anything like that he got bombed but that does not necessarily mean that'll happen again this is not the time to bring back a guy that is um dicey has been coming off injury and is not ready to pitch and that's that's what that's what I believe will be the case. They can bring those guys out, and we will hit them, hit them hard, and we will get to their bullpen even earlier and put them even more off stride. I I I, I truly believe that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little a little bit further with the Fangraphs projections for the sake of argument because I have a feeling you're not gonna like this. Um. The Fangraphs projections actually rate the Rangers bullpen about the same as the Astros bullpen. Fangraphs is high on their own supply. Is that an Eminem song? It seems like it could be. <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. I got to think that's probably a hip hop song somewhere high on your own supply or whatever. If it, not, then Andrew and I are going to commission a, a writing project and, and we'll uh, we'll work on writing that for you during the long, cold, bitter off season, right? Um, high on your own supply. That's Fangraphs saying that the Astros bullpen is equivalent to the Rangers bullpen. That is pure and utter nonsense. Um, It feels like the Rangers bullpen 
uh, and pitching overall, right, has kind of been not great this season, right? Andrew, they blew 12 out of 15 save opportunities in, in one stretch during September. Fangraphs by team wins above replacement for the entire pitching staff. They had the Astros at 15.2 wins above replacement. Guess what they had the Rangers at? 15.1. 15.2. Exactly the same. That's a bunch of crap. I'm telling you this. 4.32 FIP for the Rangers on the season. 4.31 for the Astros on the season. Let me tell you what the deal is. Our offense is better than theirs. And you know how I know this? Because they're rated like two points higher in WRC plus mm-hmm. um, than we are, and they're fourth and we're fifth. So you're like, Gabe, why are you going to make the point, the case that their offense is uh, that our offense? I think I know. I think I know where you're going, but continue. An entire year of Ho- or a healthy Jose Abreu instead of, uh, I'm sorry, healthy Jose Altuve instead of half a year of Jose Altuve. Yep. Uh, healthy Orlando Alvarez. And Jose Abreu is not the 84 WRC plus guy that he was during the year. He's the, what did I say, Andrew? I said, I bet you at least 120 OPS from the time plus from the time he came back from the, mm-hmm. the disabled list. It was 133. And we've saw, we've seen that guy. He's back, folks. He's normal. The Astros are better than the Rangers in the lineup. Now, not by a lot, but yeah. by a little bit. Maybe. I mean, I, th- I think. I think that's fair. I would, I could also We're a little bit better on offense. Starting I, could also, pitching. I could also play devil's advocate and say that Seager missed a chunk of time. Garcia missed a chunk of time. Young missed a chunk of time. And those guys all performed very well at a very high level when they did perform when they were in the lineup. Right. So in fairness, if we're going to play that game, we have to concede that, you know, it's not like they had, all of their best players for 155 games or whatever, because they didn't. I have no desire to concede anything to those guys. This is the preview <laughs> dealing with the ALCS. All right. When we're talking about why Fair enough. we are going to totally and completely kick their ass. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm doing. That's, that's, that's what I'm here for in this preview. Okay. I'm here to tell you. All right. I will. Uh... We're going to kick their ass. So I do, uh, hold on, I let do, me finish this up. Yeah, let me, go ahead. Let me finish this up. Our offenses are very, very similarly matched. Um, yep. I, I would give a slight uh, – for all, all the joking I made, it's a slight edge to the Astros on offense, in I my think opinion, that, I think if that's you're fair. dealing with what's going on right now. I think that's Our pitching fair. staff, yeah. I can tell you this, they are in trouble. And you can say whatever you want, and maybe I'm wrong about saying it's going to be like a baldy and maybe it doesn't work out that way. But you certainly wouldn't want to be dealing with two guys who've been on the shelf for a month or a month and a half, right? And and I mean, it's not ideal. No rehab, yeah, with no rehab situation, right? And if you get beyond those two guys, and Evaldi, who was trash up until when he came back from when he came back from being down, right? Up until he got into the playoffs, um, who you got? Who you worried about? I I mean, if you're asking me who I would pick, who's rotation i would take in this series i would take the astros that's right but that's also not a real big difference right um it's not huge it's not monumental it's not it's not earth shattering 
But it's, it, yeah, fair. The fact of the matter is that the Astros can roll out Naris and Abreu and Presley, and they can feel pretty damn comfortable that those guys are going to take care of business and they're going to they're going to perform in the situations they've been at. They're talented. I mean, we talk a little bit about the narrative, but Andrew, they've been there and done that. And the Rangers bullpen has been a walking, talking dumpster fire all year long. And I don't care what Fangraph says. You ask any Rangers fan, what's the weakness in this team? They'll all tell you bullpen. They made, uh, you know, they made trades in June. They were so worried. Bullpen got worse from there. Chapman can't throw a strike. Yeah. His walk rate is way up this season. That Baltimore team that was begging to get put down Mm -hmm. almost came back from 11 to 3 in uh, game two. And then when they were playing out the string, it was 7 1, and they loaded the freaking bases in the eighth inning. Yeah. As a Baltimore team that was, that's a Baltimore team that was like beat, cooked, and dead. And they still couldn't like they still couldn't broom them off efficiently and easily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at at first blush, just looking at the numbers, the bullpen does not scare you. Uh, Will Smith is um, one of their top guys out of the pen. He had a four. We would we refuse to allow Will Smith on our postseason roster last year because we were afraid Dusty might pitch him. Because he's left-handed and he would be the only left-handed person there. We had eight, yeah. and now this year isn't last year, but it's most of the same dudes. It's a lot of the same guys. Jose Leclerc. I would trust Montero. I would tr- every Montero is the whipping boy for the Astros. I would trust Montero. Yeah. Tomorrow over Will Smith. What do you think about that? Um. I wouldn't fight you about that. I mean, I you know, Will Smith. Uh, I'd also have someone warming up alongside Montero, by the way, when he came in the game. <laughs> yeah, and and I think this is why you're seeing kind of a, a big um, variance between the Fangraphs kind of projections and what Gabe is saying. Will Smith finished this season fifty-seven and a third innings, one point one Fangraphs WAR despite a 4.4 ERA for the season, he had a, a a FIP that was about a run lower than that, 3.36. So Fangraphs, I think, ties their pitcher war into uh, fielding independent pitching metrics more so than ERA. I think that's why you're seeing that. Uh, conversely, Leclerc also threw 57 innings. He had a 2.68 ERA, but a, a FIP about a run higher than that. So between the two of them, that kind of offsets and you could – I would say both of them are about three and a half ERA guys, which is not, you know, dominant or anything. Maybe, maybe they're like Kendall Graveman. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, and Kendall Graveman didn't make our roster. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that, tells you, that tells you the difference. Their two best leverage guys are Kendall Graveman. Yeah. Kendall Graveman, if he makes the roster this time around, will be the guy that comes in and pitches the fourth inning for us. That's their eighth and ninth inning guys, dude. Yeah. I mean, Chapman, we talked about, he's still striking out 15 and a half guys per nine innings, but also walking five per nine, which is not good. And he gives up uh, home runs and he gives up stolen bases. And, you know, yeah. he'll invite a small village on the base paths. Yeah. 372 ERA for the year. 
Um, then you got some other guy, Corey Bradford threw 56 innings for them. Five, three ERA, not great. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not a bullpen that scares you like Minnesota's, right? Like it's, it's, it's not anything like that. However, the Rangers, it should be said, uh, are five and zero in the postseason so far this year. And the bullpen's been all right. Um, it's been all right. It hasn't, it hasn't cratered or anything. Um, so, you know, it, it, what do you short... think the odds are? Seriously, yeah. think about this. Let's, let's pretend that they're us mm-hmm. and we're the twins. Let's say that Denning, Denning's a pretty good pitcher, right? Uh, Dunning, Dane Dunning. Dunning, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's pretty, pretty good. good. Pitcher, he's, right? he's, he's pretty good. Someone called him a five and dive guy. They only get five innings out of him and then get him out of there. Yeah, I think I think that's about right. Okay, so let's say that he gives them the Erky performance and he's got two out, he's got two outs and they've got the six, seven, he's got two outs in the fifth inning and they've got to get one more out in the fifth and then they got to get the six, seven, to eight, and ninth. So that's one, one inning less than Arkady gave us, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think the odds are that they feel like they can hold on to a three to two lead? Anyone, anyone that roots for the Rangers, anyone that likes the Rangers, anyone watching that game, what do you think the odds are that they think they're going to hold on and win that game three to two? Uh, I. <laughs> I wouldn't feel good about it if I was a Rangers fan. Were you worried about it as an Astros fan? I wasn't. I mean, look, I I, I always worry a little. Yeah. Like, like I go back to fanatic. I always worry, but the logical part of my brain said, "We've done this all year." Yeah. We blank people in the seventh, eighth, and ninth all year long. We've done this, and we've seen people do this in the playoffs. Not, like, not like to say that it, it can't happen. Not to say that it can't happen because it's going to happen every once in a while, where those guys are just going to give up runs. It just it does sure. happen. Yep. Um, but yeah, I to that point, I would feel better if I were the Astros than if I were the Rangers. But but I think it gets back to this idea of, and tell me what you think about this, if. Let's say Scherzer and Gray feel good and are going to pitch. Does that not um, improve this exactly what we're talking about a little bit? In that, let's just say they come they come in and they they throw out of the bullpen, okay? And Dunning starts, or vice versa. You tell Scherzer go out there and just like unload what you've got. Two innings. That's all we need. And then you can bring Dunning in instead of just starting Dunning. And that way you're kind of extending the game before you get to your bullpen. Do you think that is? So you you want to bring in a guy in relief that all year long has started, has a routine that knows what he's doing, that that says, this is my day to pitch. I'm going to pitch at 7.07 p.m. I'm going to throw Jose and Altuve a fastball over the middle of the plate that he's going to hit in the left field bleachers. You know, that guy that's been doing that, and, and you want to all of a sudden bring him into the middle of the game? No, thank you. I mean, it happens in the playoffs, and it's not always a disaster or anything. It's not always a disaster, but it, you know. Charlie Morton, 2017, that worked out. And we gave him a special middle name because of the kind of brass ones that he showed there, right? He became Charlie F. and Morton for And what did, everybody, what did everybody cry about in 2019? We didn't bring Cole in against the Nationals, Yeah, and right? what happened in 2017, ace-level, god-level Justin Verlander when they brought him in in the sixth in Boston. Look, I'm just saying, do you think it's – you don't think there's any advantage at all 
however you want to do that. Maybe you bring Scherzer in in relief. Uh, you know, he started his career as a reliever. Do you remember that when he first came up? For Arizona. He's, yeah, he struck out like eight Astros in like an inning and a third. I know I know that that's not possible. But um, if he throws a lot of wild pitches. Well, I guess if he walks. Yeah. If he pitches to a catcher that doesn't yeah. catch the ball yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. You don't if, know any of those. If he's, yeah, exactly. Um, uh but he dominated the Astros in one of his very first appearances. I remember that pretty clearly, I think in 2008, maybe. But anyway, um, whatever you want to do, like however they want to arrange it. My only question to you is, do you think you don't think there's any advantage to having those two guys healthy to some degree, even if it means they can throw an inning? And I think, and, they're, I think it's going to lose them a ball game. Okay. Honestly, I think it's going to lose them a ball game. I can see a path to where it alleviates some of the exact bullpen concerns that we're talking about. That's it, Andrew. I've got the Astros in five because I think we got a little bit better offense. I think we've got considerably better starters because of how banged up they are. I think the bullpen's a huge advantage. And I think them bringing back pitchers uh, that are not healthy are very, very risky. Um. Gabe, I think I've respected the Rangers a little more than you have all season long. I, There's no I, doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think their lineup is legitimately good. Um, maybe not as good as they performed throughout the season, but they're good, right? Seager has performed at an MVP level start to finish this year. Um, I think the pitching isn't great, but isn't a disaster or anything. I'm going to go... <sighs> Astros and seven. I think this one's going the distance, Gabe, and I think the Astros are going to win this in seven games because I think at the end of the day, a slight edge to the Astros lineup. I with the way that Abreu is hitting over the last month plus. To add that, and Brantley, who's who's actually picked up exactly where he's always been since he's been back from injury. You add that to the like. I said earlier in the season, I thought the range I'd take the Rangers lineup over the Astros, but understand that was with a god awful Abreu. It was without any Brantley at all, and it was with Altuve out for an un, you know undefined amount of time. When I made that comment, um, it's it's different, Gabe. It's different with those guys. It's different when everyone's healthy. It's different. Um, I think the Astros have the edge there. I give them a slight edge offensively. I give them a slight edge on the pitching side, add it all up. I think it's a seven game win for the Astros who will go back to the world series this season. It, and real quick, Andrew, I've got a prediction for the national league. Okay. We're not going to play the Dodgers and we're not going to play the Braves. <laughs> ha ha LA. Ha ha Atlanta. Uh, we are not, <laughs> we are not going to play either the Dodgers or the Braves in the, if, if the Astros make it to the world series, I am going to go ahead and say we're going to get a a run it back series Astros Phillies. That'd be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun, man. I'm here for it. Worthy adversary. Anyhow, um all right sir, well, we'll see what happens. We'll be back after the first two games of this series to give an update on um what transpires at Minute Maid Park uh on Sunday and Monday and we will um We'll break it down for you then.
follow us on Instagram, like us, uh, like us, tweet us Give out. Give us reviews. Uh, tell tell me that I suck. He, um, he does, online, and I will even throw out. I will even I will even name check you if you tell me that. So you know, it's your chance to be quasi famous in our little niche corner of the Astros. Look, Astros universe. We right? we've got we've got people who have reviewed us and said that they they like us. We've had people review us and say. Christ, get off the, you know, we get it. You don't like Dusty's who he plays a catcher. Like, I mean, and and that's fair. You know what? That's fair. We talked about that a lot. But yeah, we like all the reviews. Okay, sir. We will do it again in a few days. Uh, Enjoy the game. (laughs)